Hello, my name is Daniel. Welcome to Random Chats. Uh, in today's episode, we continue off with what we started in the last episode, which is a commentary series based off the second film in the Jurassic Park franchise, The Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, in the last, uh, in the last one, we obviously started it, um, and we are at the scenes where before. Uh, Nick Van Owen, Ian Malcolm, Sarah Harding, um, Eddie Carr and Kelly are uh, intruding on the InGen campsite, rescuing the dinosaurs, setting them free, and found a baby tyrannosaur with a broken leg and have taken it back to their caravan. Um, Sarah Harding and Nick Van Owen are currently tending to it. Kelly was put into the high hide uh, with uh, Eddie Carr. Uh, Ian Malcolm is now rushing over to them because uh, Eddie, Kelly and Ian um, saw uh, what seems to be Tyrannosaurus Rex adults heading towards the, the, the caravan site, which must be the parents of the baby T-Rex. Uh, and now I'm going to continue. Uh, but to start off, whilst it's paused, I just noticed that on the, there is a computer monitor um, in, the camp, in the camper van and it's showing different dinosaurs that are on the island. Now, one of them that's showing up right now is Pteranodon, which isn't, obviously, a dinosaur. It is a reptile, for all you non-dinosaur experts and people that don't know a lot about dinosaurs. There's a fact. Don't piss off a dinosaur expert by saying that, because they usually hate that. Um, and this is technically the first reference to flying reptiles in the Jurassic Park franchise because there weren't any in the first film nor could I find or see any references to that um, and it's just the first one so yeah um, right now Sarah and Nick Van Owen are tending to the baby T-Rex and the baby T-Rex is so cute and absolutely stunning because it's an it's an animatronic puppet it is an amazing thing to see let us continue I think that's yep eddie's now trying to call him back and ian is now at the door of the van oh one of the cars has just been pushed off a cliff and uh that means and <laughs> ian was just like mommy's very angry which means the t-rexes uh, the baby rexes mum is around and dad both of them Oh, there's a big old face in the back. Yep, there's the Mama Rex. And there's the Bull Rex. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing to note here is that the males are green. The females are a bit of a browny colour. But I think the female in this film is a bit greener. But the Baby Rex is green. And the, the Bull, or Male Rex, the dad, he's, a, he's green too. And covered in scars on his face. And yeah, more than one T-Rex in a film so far. Because the first film only had one. Uh, but this one's got three. Which is pretty good. This is quite a tense scene, actually. Because Sarah Harding, Nick Van Owen and Ian are stuck at the back of this van with two T-Rexes staring in through the windows looking for their baby. Oh, 
you know what these I'm, I'm gonna be honest these rex animatronics are a lot better than the first film i think hands down and sarah's saying they're not hunting they're searching because obviously they are they're looking for their babies now they're going to try and move the baby Rex out of the car caravan, saying, uh, you know, the Rex's donor get agitated, basically. Give him the baby. And the baby Rex's noises are jarring. That's one thing I hate about the baby Rex. It sounds awful. Absolutely awful. Oh, opening the door to basically a giant T-Rex. His face. That's terrifying. It's awesome though, but terrifying. Sarah getting smacked in the face by two baby Rex's tail. And the baby Rex is free, so now they don't have to worry. Kelly, right now, Ian's daughter is probably terrified out of her mind because her dad just basically almost risked his life. Could have died. Ian realizes that the parental instincts are academic, which means they're they're not they haven't gone away. Oh, and the caravan's now being spun over on its side. I think the coloration of the male Rex is actually pretty cool. I like the green rather than the brownie color because the first film, Rexy, the the well-established two Rexy, she's a uh, brown, and I think the female Rex in this one's brown as well. The bull rex and the baby rex are green, which is awesome. I personally like it. But now they're trying to escape. This is definitely one of the more uh, thriller-esque scenes in the film. Not just set scenes, because they're pushing the caravan off the cliff, basically. So, yep, we're going to fall into the, the water. Oh, T-Rex has now pushed half the van into the half the van into the cliff. Oh, that is a sight. Now this is a stress stressful scene right here. Sarah Harding falls and lands on this pane of glass, which is basically restricting all three of them from falling into the water. And she's currently right on this thin sheet of glass, which is currently already broken. Um, and it's going to crack even more under her weight if she tries moving and puts more weight. Yep, it's cracking already. Oh, it is cracking and it is so tense. Oh, and the sounds are so annoying. It's just, oh my gosh. It's awful. She is like full on like not trying to move even though she is moving. Yeah, she's moving her hand. She's putting more weight on one hand now. Gonna break. Nick Van Nolan is now being tasked to get the satellite phone. Which, well, he's gonna fail that obviously, ain't he? Because it starts ticking like a time bomb. 
so close. Oh, so close. that phone's going to fall and break the glass. But Ian Malcolm is very close to getting Sarah, so I, I, it's going to be all good. Yep, no more fun. But Sarah's got her, her backpack, so she's safe. Ian is safe too, and there is the big old fat ocean at the bottom. Such a tense scene. Oh, Eddie's in his car driving towards the van. Which is, you know... Which is a bit weird, because that means she left Kelly in the high hide. The high hide. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely stressful. But uh, the van, the, the, the caravan is slowly sliding off the cliff, so Eddie now is going to be tasked with trying to basically grapple it from moving, so it doesn't go down off the cliff, basically. Um, yeah, and trying to save his, his buddies, which is obviously very, very, very difficult. Plus, the Rex has come back at some point soon, so there is that as well. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, just the tenseness of this film and all is just an amazing. It makes it more better than the first one. It's a lot more tense. And the music is brilliant in this film as well. It's all like jungle themed in a sense, and it's pretty good. Sarah Harding asking for an apple turnover and the other two for burgers. Yeah, apologies if you can hear noises in the background. I do not live alone. I live with my family. So there is probably a lot of uh, background noise. Um, hopefully it won't lead to my family members knocking on the door. Because that would just ruin the recording right now. Because, I, I mean, I could edit it out, I think. I don't, I don't know. I haven't used this. I haven't fully gone into the software yet. Okay. Eddie is now going into the van, and he's about to toss over the ropes. So then Malcolm uh, Harding and Nick Van Owen can, you know, get up. The van is sliding down, so it's like a ticking time bomb. And it seems like we're back, I think. I'm just going to stop it again and hear the recording, basically, from this point, so then I can get a better understanding. Bear with me, guys. Okay, so it seems like it seems to be working fine. Um, obviously, you guys know where I am at, I think. Um... Yeah, apologies for that, guys. I, I did, like I said, I, I, I don't live alone in my own home. If I did, it would be simpler. Um, I should have definitely put a sign on my door, to be honest. Because, um, yeah. No, but it, it's, it's fine. I just had a family member ask me a question. But uh, now we're back onto this. Um, Eddie Carr is now going to get the uh, winch from his car and latch it onto the caravan. Uh, so then, basically, he can act as a gra uh, uh, uh a grapple? Not a grapple. Uh, an anchor. There we go. An anchor weight. So then he can send um, the van, the, the caravan stays where it is whilst the people are climbing out. Ian Malcolm, Sarah Harding and Van Owen. Um, and yeah. Um, thought I might as well just like add it here, just talking about 
uh, how I, I, I like this film so much. I think I've already done that so many times. But it is definitely one of my favourite films uh, in the franchise. Um, like I said, it is because of the setting. Um, probably also because of the new dinosaurs. Um, it's, it's so much better quality than the first film. Um, I, I just like the environment as well. The fact it's set in the wild um, rather than set in a theme park kind of thing. Although the theme park idea is pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just I'm just weird like that. It seems to be my favourite film. Um, I'm not the only one. Uh, there is a YouTuber out there called uh, Clayton Fiority. Um, now he he also likes the Lost World Jurassic Park. He, it, it, I think it is his favourite one out of all of them. Um, and I got to agree with him with everything. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's let me continue this, and I'm not rambling innately. Ah, that's it. Vince Vaughn is Nick Van Owen. So in the last part, I was trying to question who the hell Nick Van Owen's actor was. Uh, the actor playing Nick Van Owen. Um, and it's Vince Vaughn. Oh, and Sarah Harding is Julianne Moore. So pretty, pretty famous actors. Pretty famous. Anyway, continuing on. Yep, so... Nick Van's now getting it all sorted. The van is moving. Oh, and something's loading in the background. I can't see a single thing. His Norton is being a stupid. Sarah's climbing, and the rope. Oh, the rope got detached. Oh, the rope got detached. They're still trying to climb on it, even though the rope did get detached. So I'm, I'm confused by that. But I guess you can climb over desks and cabinets and stuff. And I'm back. Sorry about that. Uh, again, another family-related thing. Uh, but now I'm back to continue more about the Lost World of Park. And I still seem to be an hour and five minutes away, so... Yeah, Eddie Carr is now struggling to put the, the winch on the van, which is fun because he's like stressing out and on the ground and covered in mud. And the van is going. Now the music right now that's going on is amazing. I love this thing. It's so much fun. The, the, the jungle-esque noise and all that. And I think there's footsteps in the distance I can hear. There might be. I think there might be Tyrannosaur footprints that are unrelated to the song, but I might be wrong. The car's moving. Eddie Carr's car is being dragged by the van, and the van is nearly over, falling over. Oh, gosh. It's definitely a tense scene, I can tell you that. And Eddie's now having to max speed reverse. It's definitely a stressful time right now. He is, he's at like, oh my god, he is reversing like heavily right now. He's going aggressively. Boxer fly, box, a box flew off his, his, the back of his car right just now. I think the, 
the one gripe I got I have is the difference between Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park and Ian Malcolm in this film. It's just two completely different characters, to be honest. Oh, the T-Rexes are back. Mama and Dad are right. <laughs> Mummy Rex and Daddy Rex are back. And we're looking at Eddie Carr. And they are some gorgeous animatronics. I think these are better than the first T-Rex animatronics, if I'm honest. I so wish I had like a rep like a replica of like the tooth or a foot claw from the Jurassic Park film. Or science, that would be sick. And the Rexes are now destroying Eddie's car because obviously it's moving and their vis um their visual sense is based on movement. So they're trying to get at him because he's in the car and he's moving around and he's trying to pull out his sniper rifle. And they are destroying that car. Yeah, and this this is definitely I think if I remember yep. One of the Rex grabs him by the foot and CG scene of the Rex is trying ripping Eddie Carr in half. Oh as a kid that is always a tense scene. Oh, caravan falls, but lucky enough, um the gang are just hanging on this rope that's strapped to a tree, so they literally went straight through the van. Even then, that's a tense scene, and then there's this really terrible CGI explosion, and it's like a green screen, and it's a little bit meh. It's a little bit meh, but then they get saved by the engine team, so Peter Ludlow, Roland Tembo, all that lot. Yep, because they show up, because obviously all the ruckus explosions and stuff, they see it, and they're close, and yeah. And then they, uh, the gang gets saved by them. And there is just so much mud. Like, so much mud. It's raining, it's horrible, but now the rain's finished by the looks of it, and it's still covered in mud. So that is a thing I love. Peter Ludlow just said, like, extinct animals have no rights. Um, we made them, we patted them, we own them. Now that's definitely an ethical dilemma. Because are they technically real animals, or are they products of a company? Like GM animals, like uh, genetically mo modified farm animals. We've got a few of those running around. Are they... Animals or are they products? You know, it's kind of like that the ethical dilemma. It is definitely, definitely an interesting concept. A lot of arguments for both sides in this franchise. Most of the time, the whole it's a product thing is a bit of a primitive negative mindset. It's like we own them, they have no rights. That's usually the two go.
Oh, and they found they've now got to go to a like a facility, an abandoned facility. Um, that's abandoned and has a radio station, but unfortunately, there are raptors um, nesting near it. And these raptors, I think, are my favourite raptors in the whole franchise. Because the skin is awesome, you know, they're orange and stripy like tigers, it's just awesome. Right, and now everyone's on the move. Yeah, and this is funny, Nick Van Owen is um, now communicating with the hunter, and it's almost like an Extinction Rebellion member chatting to just any common folk. It's just, it's always funny. <laughs> Love that, Roland Tenboy. Uh, on this island, the, uh, the world's number one greatest predator exists on the island. It's like the second best predator. Um, I just gotta go hunt them down. I forgot the quote fully, but yeah. Malcolm telling Peter Ludlow that um, taking dinosaurs off Ace Sauna is the baddest idea in the history of bad ideas. It is, it's fun. And then the music's back on again. It's such a good film. There's a few, there's, there's one fan film out there made by a couple fans of the franchise that fits the environment of this. Uh, I think it's just called the Jurassic Park fan film. I don't know who originally made it because I think it's been re-released onto different accounts twice fold. Um, but it fits the environment very well like this and it came out before Jurassic World. So obviously there was a phase because everyone thought after Jurassic Park 3 the franchise died. And now we're experiencing the new trilogy. We had Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom and we're going to get Jurassic World Dominion coming out 
next year, not next week. Oh, funny it was next week. Nah, next year, 2021. Um, I can't wait, even though, sadly, it is probably going to be the end of the franchise. So, eh. It's, it's upsetting. I don't want this franchise to end, but unfortunately it will. I think it's not Eddie Carr. No, no, Eddie Carr just died. Uh, Dieter. Dieter Stark, he's now going away because he's going to go to the toilet. But uh, he gets lost and also gets attacked. He gets investigated by the Compsignathus, which is the same animal he uh, electrocuted in the face earlier. Uh, and this is probably the funniest and probably the most darkest demise anyone has got in the Jurassic Park franchise. I mean, it is. It's hilarious and it's dark. Oh, the CGI models in this film are a lot better than the first one, I'll tell you that. A lot better quality. They seem a lot more realistic. And I think they get better in Jurassic Park 3. In some scenes, the, the main antagonist dinosaur is a bit terrible looking, but that's, that's dependent on uh, their opinion of it. Uh, Dieter's now lost, doesn't know where he is, and he's going to fall down into a river. And he's calling for Carter. And can't find... Carter's listening to Spanish music whilst eating chocolate. I love that. Whilst Dieter's getting lost. I mean, Dieter's a... He's basically just a, any old bastard. No, no one likes him. He's not meant to be liked. I think that's what the film Steven Spielberg was going for. Because he is just a bit of a... He's a bit of a weirdo. I don't know. And he falls down now. Falling down a hill into a small ravine, river thing. Oh. oh, he's got his mouth open and he's like breathing in dirt. And now he's about to go get attacked from all directions. The consignathuses are coming, the compies. Yep, and now they're attacking him. And this is awesome because it's like, it's all CGI right now, but like there's practical effects. It's like puppets strapped to his, his outfit and it's awesome. It's just the way you like, can pull them off and everything in the rule. It's just awesome, the special effects they have in this film. But in every Jurassic Park film, the special effects are just outstanding. They're like theme park, you know, theme park animatronics. Um, and even then, sometimes you, you can't tell if the animatronics are, are, are actually animatronic because they seem so lifelike, not so robotic. Not that the compies are now stalking detail. He just got attacked by them, but now they're just kind of sitting there. They will kill him. If anyone knows anything about this film, is that one man gets slaughtered by tiny dinosaurs, which is what Dieter Stark's role is. I think he's German. 
because he, he speaks a different language and his accent's a bit different. I forget the actor's name. It doesn't show. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah, it's not showing right now. I'll have to figure out the actor's name in a sec. Uh, but yeah, now everyone else is on the move. So, the gang in the camp squad are on the move now. They're moving away. I can't believe Carter didn't notice it. His backpack's right there and he's just not cared. And uh, Dieter is now in this river being chased by Compis. It is a gorgeous landscape. The sun beaming it beaming in through the trees and all that is it's it's stunning. He's trying to get the compies away from them, but he will die from them. They will kill him. Oh, more of them are coming in. There is a lot of them. Oh, and now they're attacking him again. CG models this time and they oh and the puppets. Apologies there guys, uh, I was just being told about uh, a clap for the NHS happening again. Um, if you're London based or UK based you know that there's probably going to be another, well apparently, there's another uh, clap for the NHS happening later today at 8pm so yeah I'm nearing that. So I'm gonna, I'm probably going to have to pause and then come back. Um, but for the meantime we'll, we'll continue with what we got um, so far which is Dieter Stark being chased by compies, which is always fun. He looks horrified as he's injured and he you now jumps over a, a log, I think. Yep, jumping over a log and the compies are going to kill him. Such tiny little dinosaurs ripping a man apart. Again, there is like a ton of them right now. Yeah, and this is a fun scene. Uh, blood in the water, that's just below his body. Oh, and now Roland's Roland's trying to figure out where Dieter went, because um, obviously he's missing now. It's presumed dead, obviously, but, you know. Yeah, so Roland, Carter, and someone else, I think, they're going to go check for Dieter to go find out where he went. Um, and the others are just going to stick around. Peter's like, let's all carry on and move on with the, the move. And no one's responding because no one gives a shit about his, what he says. But then Nick Van Over's like, yeah, Nick Van Owen says one word and everyone's on the move. And now it's the night time and they're at their little campsite, temporary campsite. Um, which is great, because soon there's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Because uh, the T-Rexes are coming back with a vengeance, because obviously they can stalk. They can uh, stalk the, the people, because Sarah Harding has a blood stain on her jacket, and they smell the blood of uh, the baby Rex that was being helped earlier. And uh, they... They're taking advantage out of that sniff as a free meal. So, 
Ian, Roland, and another guy, uh, they found Dieter. And he's definitely dead. Not a lot of them left, apparently. And now they're checking the map for the operation building. Oh, he's gone. Okay, so Roland Temple told... Uh, he went off to go find the operations building, and he's found it, apparently. The only issue is the raptors. Nah, I mean, they are dangerous. I mean, if you watch the first film, they are dangerous. And in this film, they're more aggressive rather than intelligent, but they definitely are dangerous still, nonetheless. Uh, Kelly and Sarah are just casually sleeping, uh, but here's a reference to the first film. Uh, the, there's a puddle uh, with ripples, and there's a thud sound. And if you remember in the first film, uh, there was the cups that had the same effect, um, and that means T-Rex or Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's, it's near, it's approaching, it's preparing, it's coming, coming for them. Because, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, some of them won't last long. I think a person gets stepped on in this. Uh, but it's going to be, uh, I think the best scary scene in this film is when the T-Rex dips its head inside the tent that Sarah and Kelly are in. And that is just a scene, because you see it snout and all. It is something to be terrified of. And Ian knows it, and there's some horror-esque music going on whilst the footsteps are coming closer. Sarah's trying to turn the light off and hide all the food. And there's a shadow of the bull T-Rex, or the mother T-Rex. Smells the, the jacket. <laughs> Ian in the distance, terrified. Oh gosh, there it is. I think that's the bull, actually. The male. I don't know, we'll find out. It should have cuts on one side of its face. That's how you tell. One of them's green and covered in wounds on its side of its face. The other one isn't green and hasn't got wounds. Oh, no, I can't tell. This might be the female, actually. But, you know, his T-Rex sticks his head right inside. Sticks his head right inside the tent. Kelly just woke up with, like, no idea of what's going on. And we're back. Apologies for... Wait, there is no wait. I just realised all I do is pause it, so... <laughs> In reality, you guys don't know. So, why do I have to say apologies for the wait? If you guys don't know. Um, I've just been given some good news that my... My podcast is now available on Radio Public. So... Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So, uh... Yeah, how about you guys go click on Radio Public? Uh, it is still Random Chats, I think. Yeah, Random Chats. Go on there and, and yeah, have a looky. Um, it should be good and it should be fun. Anyway, let's go back to uh, continuing with The Lost World. Uh, and yeah, uh, Sarah Harding and uh, Kelly are in the tent. And there's a T-Rex right behind them in the tent with his face full on in there trying to smell the uh, Sarah's coat because it's covered in the baby Rex blood. So, there is a bit of a dilemma going on. That is very close as well, I just noticed. <laughs> that is so 
good detail in there, though. I think it's a lot better than the first film's animatronic. Like, a lot, lot better. Oh, Carter's about to scream, the Spanish guy. And everyone knows now. I love that Sarah and Keller, uh, Kelly, they have their own tent, but all the blokes don't. Yep, T-Rex is now ripped their tent off his face, and Nick Van Owen's got Sarah and Kelly, so they're all running away from the wrecks, basically. And I think, yep, both of them are there now. I think Roland Temple now, he's got the, the opportunity to tranquilize a T-Rex. Oh, right, so everyone's being chased now by A-Rex. I don't know if it's the female or the male. But they're all being chased towards a waterfall. I think this is where Carter dies. Carter, the South American. He falls down in a river, in a puddle, gets stepped on. Yep. And now he gets stepped on by the T-Rex. And his body is still on the foot. Getting flattened. Oh, Vecna tranquilizes. So Roland Temple is actually going to tranquilize one of the Rexes now. I think it's the the male, yeah, because he only wants the male and the buck. Uh, the buck is the, the baby Rex, basically. Male and buck only. He doesn't want the female, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's a difference between the aggression. Maybe the females are more aggressive. I, I don't know. But that means... Yeah, that's the male that... Okay, so he's about to tranquilize the male, because the male is just chilling around the campsite. So the female is the one chasing Sarah Harding and everyone towards the waterfall right now. Oh, Roland's got a good-ass shot right there. God. The dinosaurs in this film look so good in comparison to the first one. Obviously, it is time and technology gets better, but, you know. Oh, T-Rex is right behind them. That was close. And now they're in a waterfall. And the Rex is trying to get into the waterfall. The female. Yeah, it is the female Rex. So Sarah, Kelly, Nick Van Owen and Robert Backer or something, the paleontologist, they're now hiding in the waterfall, getting licked by a T-Rex. <laughs> Literally getting licked. There's a snake in the paleontologist's coat. He gets his arm bitten, I think, don't he? Yep. And then there's blood going down the waterfall. Oh, God, that is such a good effect, the way they've done it. I think it does symbolise his death. And then Malcolm goes through. <laughs> Malcolm's funny, his hair does not look great when it comes to water. None of them do, to be honest. Well, no one's hair looks great after going through a waterfall, I guess. Well, and now the hunting group are wandering into the long grass. And if everyone knows... Yep, don't go into the long grass. Because the raptors are in here. And the velociraptors are here. My favourite raptors in the entire franchise. Just because their colour is awesome and different. And with every film, there's always a new kind of raptor. Except from Fallen Kingdom, it's only one raptor and it's the same raptor from Jurassic World Blue. So, you know.
raptors are now stalking the group. You can see them through the long grass. It's such a sick scene. <laughs> I love the way when they get their the when they get their victims. They basically drag them into the ground and then their tails are stuck up in the air. It's always funny seeing it. And the, there's a black guy here who gets leaped on by a raptor, and you get to see the skin. It's so cool. Oh yeah, the stripe. It's orange and stripy. It's awesome. I love it. Now Malcolm and the gang, or what's left of the gang, they're now running through the long grass. They got to do it quickly, obviously, because it's raptors. Um, but it means they're near the operations station. So not not long. So they they you know basically we're gonna get into the the better things because the raptors are my, I think they're the one of my favourites in this film, the raptors and the stegosaurs. I'm I'm not I, I like the rexes, but the scenes with the rexes are a bit they're either too quick or just a bit slow. Like uh, not slow. I don't know how to really put it. I think there's too much rex. I guess. Because the raptors you only see literally for like a couple scenes and for a certain segment of the film. But the rex you see them like throughout like the beginning towards the end of the film. And the stegosaurs you I've only seen twice now. And now we're in a graveyard which has got a sauropod's body and a dead parasaur. And this is probably where the raptors bring their prey. And Malcolm's leg seems to be broken or he's tired or something, but Nick Van Owen's gotta to go to the operation station. So Nick Van Owen is now heading to the I don't know what you call it, it's not an operation set power station? I think it's the power station, because it Yeah, and they collect their power via geothermal vents, so volcanoes and stuff. So there's an active volcano on Isla Sorna, and if everyone has watched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, there's an active volcano in Isla Nubar. So it's all volcanic islands, really, which is pretty interesting. Yes, Nick Van is going through this old facility, turns around, and there's a painting of the wrecks in the old Jurassic Park. That first Jurassic Park film is a, a great film. I love it. It's the number one best film in the world. You know, my number one favourite. But it's also competing with The Lost World because they're both such good films. After this, obviously, it kind of goes a bit different. Jurassic Park 3 is fun and it's good, but it's terrible. Very terrible. Um, it's more fun than terrible. Uh, it's, it's fun and terrible at the same time. You know, It's like a good, bad film. A good, bad film. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it like that. Like when you get those terrible films that are just fun and good in their own way. Um, and then you've got Jurassic World, which is the reboot of the franchise, to be honest. And I like it. And I spent so many years theorising and speculating on scenes in that film for so long. Everyone was after Jurassic Park 3. I mean, it was pretty much a decade. Or two. It was two decades. No, it was a decade. So, yeah, because I was about... I think I was 15. Maybe 15, 14. I was young. It's pretty young. I had an old YouTube channel back then and I was making theory videos and getting excited for going to the cinema and watching it and stuff. And 
and to this day I, I, I regret losing my film ticket for it but I've still got my film tickets for Fallen Kingdom and I absolutely love having them Nick Van Owen is now calling an in-gen station to get helicopters sent to sauna so the, people, the last remaining people can leave This, these next few scenes are cool, when the raptors invade the station and all that. And they start hunting the main gang. Oh, there's Peter Ludlow. He's surprised because there's a tranquilised Rex and he's kind of like, I did not expect that to happen. And there's Roland Tombo hiding in a bush, just kind of sitting there like, yes, sir, I did that. No, but he's just sitting on a rock. Because yeah, they, they shoot the male Rex. I think it's the male. Yeah, because Roland wants the male or the buck. He wants the opportunity to hunt them, so he must have been one of them too. Well, he gets the the child, and that's our baby Rex. And then it has to be the buck. I think the female's left on the island. Yeah, Malcolm, Sarah Harding and Kelly are now about to enter the old power station. Or operation station. Um, and a raptor's about to pounce on... Sarah Harding's back. And that terrified me as a kid. I remember the menu page. Uh, the menu for The Lost World, it featured a raptor strolling about the, what looked like a petrol station. And it jumps through a window when you click play. It terrified me all the time. I was too scared to watch the whole thing. The whole menu video, because it's a menu page and you press play and all that. I was terrified of just that. It's funny. It's like the first Jurassic Park one as well. The menu for that is a Velociraptor running around the visitor centre. And that terrified me too. That orange Raptor. And there's two of them. Right, bright orange. The females are the brownier, browner-ish colour. And then the males are orange. So the, I think the female raptors kind of look similar to similar to that of the first Jurassic Park film, but then the females, the males are orange. And now there's a Velociraptor and Ian Malcolm. And they're like trying to dodge each other. It's funny because Malcolm like rips open the door just to protect himself, and now he's stuck. I, mean, I think he runs into a car now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And it jumps into a car to get window attack. Oh! And now the raptor's trying to break in through the window. These are a lot more aggressive raptors in comparison to the first film. The first film, they were aggressive, but they were more intelligent with their actions. These raptors are just kind of blunt force objects. They like to just bash things and jump on things and stuff like that. Basically break stuff rather than think about it. So they're not so intelligent. I love the raptor puppets, the, 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 the animatronic puppets they use in the costumes for the velociraptors are just awesome for every film. I, just, I don't know what, they're just, they're, I think they're like so good. I absolutely love them. If I had the opportunity to wear one of the raptor puppet costumes from the films, I so would. I so would. Yeah, so Sarah Harding and Kelly now, they've hidden the building. Basically, they're digging 
out of the building. I would have just climbed up, because I would have then... You could then hide. Hypothetically, you could hide. But they'll do that later, but right now they're going to try and jump out of this hole. They just dug out pretty quickly and pretty massively. I mean, it's a big hole. And then a raptor crashes through. And now they're climbing. Kelly turns out to be a gymnast. I mean, she was... It was mentioned earlier that she did gymnastics. She got kicked out of her gymnastics club. And, yeah, but obviously soon we're going to get the, the infamous scene where Kelly gymnastic kicks a raptor out of a window. She's just funny. It's hilarious. It's, it's a hilarious scene in the franchise. Yep. And there's a... Malcolm's just come into the same building that Sarah and Kelly are in, and he has to climb up now because the raptor's breaking through the hole that Sarah and Kelly made. Oh, that was close. I don't remember how he jumps up there, though, because... Yep, and Kelly's now starting to do some gymnastics. I would not trust that, though. It's a super old building, and she's just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do some gymnastics, you know. And now it's about to get kicked. Raptor gets kicked out the window via gymnastics. It's super funny. And, I, yeah, it gets impaled. Oh, it gets impaled in the, like, chest. <laughs> Kelly stands on the ground like, sup, I just did that. Michael's sitting there in disbelief, like, and they cut you from the team. The school team. This is funny. So Raptor now attempted to climb into the building and climb through the building to get at Sarah. And Sarah's about to jump from roof to roof. And this is another funnier scene where she's, like taking tiles from the roof and she's like pulling them down so then like the raptor slips down and now she's throwing tiles at a raptor and there's a raptor happens to be above her but now she's trying to figure out how she can do it because she needs to get yeah oh she's getting close There we go. Oh. Right, so the raptor slipped and is now attacking the raptor on the ground. And Sarah is just kind of on the ground watching them attack each other. I just realised the girl that... The woman who plays Sarah Harding, she plays a... She plays a role in one of the Hannibal Lecter movies. Her, her, her boyfriend or husband gets... His brain cut open and he eats his own brain. So it's, it's always fun. It's Julianne Moore, that's a weird film. She's also in the second Kingsman film. So. Yeah, always fun. And we're back. Um, we're at the scene where everyone's getting on the helicopter after battling the raptors. Um, I might have to end it here because we're heading into the San Diego scene, which means part three will be all about the San Diego incident, which is interesting. I get to make a whole episode about just that then, which is pretty good. 
Yep, so Sarah Harding, Ian Malcolm, Kelly and Nick Van Owen have all left. Kelly looks scarred as all hell. Why does Nick Van Owen have shotgun pellets? Oh, was Roland eventually gonna was was Roland going to kill the animal? I think he was gonna initially kill the creature, not tranquilize it. And now we're in the scene where the male Rex has been captured and Roland's just sitting there kinda of depressed. Cause his friend is dead. Not Dieter, the other friend. Yeah. RJ, that's it. His friend RJ's died. So, Peter Ludlow is sorry about that. I love that Roland Tambo turns down and a job offer from Peter about a job in a job as a ranger for San Diego Jurassic Park. And he's like, No thank you. I think I've had enough being in the company of death. Which is so true, because everyone dies in, in the Jurassic Park films. And now they're all heading to San Diego. And I think I am going to have to pause it there. Um, and it's a good cut away into the next episode, which is going to be all about the San Diego inc incident and then my review of the film, The Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, so I do hope you enjoyed this video. It's a podcast, sorry, not this video. <laughs> it's not a video, it's a podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, there is more videos already on the podcast. Uh, we've got, like, review... We've got three-part reviews of the Jurassic Park film. Uh, we've also now got two of The Lost World. And soon we're going to have Jurassic Park 3. Uh, and then Jurassic World, and then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and then Jurassic World Battle at Big Rock, Big Rock and then a final review, all in all. Um, and yeah, um, we'll also have more stuff tomorrow. Um, we're going to have a few podcasts with some of my friends. Just going to be talking and having a laugh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do hope you enjoyed this, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye out.